Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. This week, we have my chum, my chum, the West End star. She's, oh, she's done so many shows, I can't begin to list them. It would be dull. But anyway, she's been on a little trip to Broadway and we had a chat about it. It is, of course, Ruthie Henschel. to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. We've got a very special edition this week. It's always a special edition. But this week is especially, <laughs> specially, specially special because we've got Ruthie Henschel going to tell us about... Now, you've been to New York. Yes. On holi- holidays? On holidays, yes. It was my daughter's 16th. Uh, so we went to visit friends out there because that's where she wanted to go and she wanted to see a bit of theatre. And I have to say I was not upset when she no, <laughs> you do that. Oh, no, I've got to take my daughter to watch shows on Broadway. No. Oh. <laughs> what, a, what a rubbish holiday. So what did you go and see? We went to see um, something called The Band's Visit, uh, The Prom, and also we went to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which was... Um, a new, they called it a new play because it was rewritten by um, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, do you remember he did the West Wing? Yes, yes, yes. That name, gosh, his name comes up in credits of loads of those big telly dramas. Yes. What, so rewritten? He's rewritten it and uh, he's made a lot more of the children. And in New York, the children are actually played by adults, but they are played brilliantly by adults. I mean, for me, the girl who played Scout um, is the star of the show. I don't, I can't remember in the film her being the star of the show because, of course, it was Gregory Peck. Mm. And when Gregory Peck is on screen, you know, it's just about him. Yeah, um, no one else is the star. No of the one show. else is the star. Mm. Um, she was, I mean, superb, and the the way that they. The, they made these relationships between these three kids. You know, the way Aaron Sorkin had written it um, or rewritten it as such. I didn't know they could call it a new play, but that mm. is what it's called, a new play. Not um, an adaptation of? No, yeah, not an no. adaptation. It said a new play by Aaron Sorkin. Um, and it had Jeff Daniels playing the lead in it and he... Here's my here's my take on it. Um, I, I actually I'm going to preface this by the fact that I think he had, was having vocal problems because he was okay. he sounded like he had a few pro- uh, problems vocally. But he's very very good. I mean, I remember him from lots of films. You know, the Divergent films, but before that, Dumb and Dumber, and and he's you know very very good. And he's, you know, well cast, but when, okay, I, I keep going back to this, you know, when you've had Gregory Peck playing the iconic role in the iconic film, then you've got Jeff Daniels, who is great, but isn't as commanding there's something for me that just misses the mark with him um i i was trying to think when i was watching it who you would need to play that role 
And I think it's got to be someone like a Tom Hanks who, when they walk on stage, they've just got something mm. that is so fundamentally... Um, charismatic. Charismatic, that mm. is the perfect word. Um, that, you know, whatever they're saying, you cannot take your eyes off them because the three kids just steal mm. the play right out from under his hands. Do you, what feet. I wanted to know, when you, I've never been to see a show on Broadway in my life, ever. I have been to New York, but I've never been to the theatre there. Have you not? No. That shocks me. Well, uh, yeah. you're such an avid theatre I know, lover. I know. I just think I've never been there for long enough or never planned it in advance or whatever. And is it, does it feel different? Does it feel like, as opposed to the West End, this is Broadway? Yes. Is there a different atmosphere about it? I absolutely think there is. Because if you look at the difference between cultures, we are very, very different in our mm. cultures. And so I think there's a different atmosphere. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird is the, or, you know, one of the couple of hot tickets at the moment. You, you can't, you can't, mm -hmm. it's completely booked up. And you feel that when you're in New York, that you have got one of those tickets. You've got a golden ticket. Yeah, it's special. Yes. And I think that they also, they, they stand a lot. What, standing ovations? Yes. I went to see three shows over there and the, there were standing ovations for all of them. And mm, I'm not saying... I mean, they, they were all good shows. But if these were shows in England, we would absolutely make a noise. But we it's not the same. It's just mm. not the same. There is a much more vocal... Though I think standing ovations have become much more common than they used to be. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do. Almost everything, especially with musicals, almost everything I've seen recently, um, and I've been reading Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, biography, autobiography, and he calls it a um, OSO, I think, obligatory standing ovation. Oh. And I sort of think we're going a bit... And I used to be very, very clear about I'm only going to stand... If I really... If I, absolutely think it's outstanding and that yep. used to be like once a year yes but now you have to stand because everyone else has stood in front of you anyway that's right so then you're not going to see the curtain call if you don't stand so and, and everyone does stand after about the yes. third person's come on everybody's up and, and they were last night when I went to see Waitress everybody just stood they stood when we saw Come From Away didn't they everyone yes. just is up and they play you a song that everyone claps along to well, and you, everybody's up that's it and you kind of feel churlish it's or, almost a failure it, yeah oh absolutely if you'd you feel don't. dreadful if you didn't yes you'd feel absolutely like you were being as you say really grim about it if you didn't stand up yeah um, and, and I think you might be right thinking about it recently there has been a lot of shows that I've seen that are standing ovations in England, you're right. Because mm. it used to be... I, when I first went over with uh, Chicago, I remember the show came to an end, the audience stood, and I could not believe it because it was, you know, two years down the line on, in New York. We, we, people stood in the first few weeks of Chicago here in London because it was this hot new mm. show... But I couldn't get over. I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, is this an American audience? 
because it was nuts. Yeah. The, the noise. And do they whistle and yes. do all that? Do they? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. they shout, yeah. you know, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a bit of that last night in Waitress. I think there were a few Americans in the audience. Yes. So at the ends of songs, there were whoops and all of that noise thing, which we're not used to. It's no, we're British, not. British, is it? it it's not. It's not. It's, not. it's just not done, is it? Anyway, so that was your To Kill a Mockingbird um, mm. straight play. Then yeah. the other two are musicals. And... The other two are musicals, and they could not have been more different. I right. mean, they were either end of the spectrum. You had The Prom, which I'm guessing was... guessing that's quite American, The Prom. Very <laughs> American. And as broad way as you can get. You know, it was broad performances, Um you know, st- uh, face front, say your line, let the, the the joke land, and then pull a face. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was real. Um, you know, Broadway performances, and they were all great in it. Um, a, I I I had a bit of an issue with the girl who was playing the lead in it, only because she was surrounded by these huge performances, and her kind of very much smaller performance didn't it didn't actually get her notice for the right reason she just for, for me she just looked like she was in the wrong production nothing nothing it, it, you know you can't say oh she was rubbish it was just mm. completely it it just wasn't in she wasn't in the same show mm. and also the 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 whole story was about this girl who wants to take her girlfriend to the prom. Oh, a gay love story? A gay love okay. story. We've got uh, we've got Jamie all over again. Yes, mm-hmm. it was very much along that line, but 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 um, yeah, sort of Broadway version of. And uh, I felt that they could have done so much with this part because. It seemed to me that they'd gone down a real kind of, um, this is what a lesbian looks like. This is how we dress a lesbian. And this is, um, you know, it, it, it seemed really, um, what's, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Stereotypical. Stereotypical. Mm. Whereas it didn't need to be. Mm. The, the, you know, she was just really bland within this, unbelievable wheel of bright costumes, glitter, you know. So the lesbian was the dull one. The lesbian was the dull one. They picked a dull lesbian. <laughs> Lesbians are not dull. Some <laughs> and of don't us are, put them in a check shirt. Really <laughs> don't don't what, put them in a check shirt jeans. and jeans. Oh, no. It was just, I, I, I felt that was a missed opportunity. And seeing as she's the lead of the show, it sort of was a bit like, meh. Mm. But you know, un—I mean—fantastic performances. If you love a broad Broadway show, you're you're going to love it. And what was great about it? There was a um, lady in it, and Angie Schwarer, who I know from my Chicago days, and that part was actually written for her about her. She plays one of the the sort of well, one of the leads. And when they were casting for it, they said, we're looking for an Angie Schwarer kind of type. And someone went, well, why don't you get Angie Schwarer? <laughs> <laughs> and so and they, they did. did. <laughs> you know, it just, um, let me think about that one. Um, and, um, but, but then the, the following night, so we go from this 
I mean, it's it's up. I would give it a you know, if if ten was big, it was an eleven, right? Um, <laughs> and we went to uh, the band's visit, which I loved. Oh, um, it's beautiful. It's based on the film, and it's about this um, orchestra that end up basically in the wrong town because there are two towns that have the similar a similar name and they end up in the wrong one in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the desert really and they it's it's only you know overnight that they have to stay but they stay with various people in the village um and well it's it's not a come from away but it is in the the fact that there is it's how they touch each other's lives um in that just that few hours um you've got the you know the lonely uh lady you've got the boy who can never ever get up the guts to ask out a girl you know it from the moment that it started it's just has you because it's so real Mm. um uh, you're invested in it. You're completely invested in it. It won um, the Tony for Best Musical. It won the Tony for The Lady. I don't know about the rest, but it got... It was nominated for 11 Tonys and it won 10. And it's wow. beautiful. There's no... It, that's coming here, I think. Is I it? hope so. Well, if it is, I'm, I'm going to be first in line for a ticket for that. That sounds great. I hope so. And... Bearing in mind that I went with a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old to all of these, I was—I looked at my 14-year-old because I thought, well, there's no interval and I'm not really sure this will be her cup of tea because it was slightly slower moving. Well, she absolutely adored it. It was all of our favourite. Oh, right. And it's, it's that they are an Egyptian orchestra and they go to an Israeli town um, and it's Beautiful. Oh, so it's not set in America. I was no. sorry, I was assuming it was set in, in no, the States. No, it's not set in the States. And it's 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 beautiful. And the music is great and so funny. And they've and the whole atmosphere, you know you are in Israel mm. because of the style of the music, but they've done it so, so beautifully. And as it started, I really wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where I was. I wasn't sure if this was Broadway. Um, absolutely lovely. I, I that it was my favourite. It was my right. favourite piece. So, talking of of pieces where people are in the wrong place, we both went to see Come From Away, which is nominated for lots and lots of Olivier Awards. And again, a piece that's come well. This one from Canada. I think it was a massive hit in Canada. I know there's now productions in New York and and, and Australia, which is about all the planes that were diverted during 9-11. So although ostensibly it's about 9-11, it actually isn't at all, is it? No, no, no. It's about... um, And that, I thought that was... Was was re- that was smaller than when we're talking about these enormous performances? Yes. It was just a completely ensemble piece, yeah. Which is why I loved it because I think there's twelve in the cast, aren't there? And they play all the parts, yes. And they play the people who live in the town and the people whose planes have been diverted and they land there. 
And it's just, it's just, it's like getting on a train and it goes for an hour and 40 minutes and oh, it doesn't my, stop. Yeah. And then again, it's no interval, which made me think maybe this is the latest thing as well now. We seem to be going to see a lot of things without intervals. Yes. And also, as a performer, can we just talk about the fact that that's a win win situation? <laughs> well, it is for the because, Yeah. <laughs> you're home early. It's a win win for everyone except the theatres, who I presume are losing money in their yeah, waitress no, no last night in the interval. You do notice this. So we walk out and I said, it's all about um, a, a waitress who bakes pies. I need to make that clear. That won't be spoiling anything for no. you. okay. They spray pie smell in the theatre. No, I swear <laughs> they do. So I left at the interval to go and get an ice cream and I thought, I can smell cinnamon pie properly smell it and then noticed everyone else was talking about that too and then of course they're making you can go and buy the recipe books for the pies at the merchandise store and all that so I'm just thinking about if you don't have an interval you lose the drinks tray and the ice cream I mean four quid an ice cream you lost that haven't you if you, if you don't well, have an interval well, but you'll also lose have your little pies well, that you can buy yes well probably I didn't get that far yes, I only got have... to the ice cream bit ah. and the pie smell which they clearly squirt yes it's a smellorama thing well, so when you want to sell you a house you put the coffee I know. on don't you yeah and you, leave, you go out for the interval and at the end and they've squirted well wherever it comes from pie smell cinnamon pie smell it's, it's very very Broadway one day I will go to Broadway and I will see a show on Broadway oh you must I've got you to must. do that it is an, yeah it is an yeah. experience do they dress you, up do the crowd the audience no. or not so the same as the West End same no as the West gets, End do you now. remember the days we used to get dressed up to go to the theatre oh, I know do you remember that you never went no. to the theatre in your jeans no you always got dressed up for the yeah. theatre and now, sadly, I don't even bother anymore. No. By the time you've got dressed up, then you've got to get the tube into town and then it's windy and rainy like it is now and you think well, it was all ruined anyway. Made all that effort. It's not going to look like I've made an effort. No, not going to curl my hair, nothing. No. It's going to stay up in a You're going to have to be dressed up for the Olivier Awards. We'll be in the basement and you'll be dressed up and I won't be. And that's, but, that's how it works, really. Yeah, but it, the, there's something really quite lovely about being dressed up at the Olivier's, even if you're not being seen. Well, <laughs> I'll leave that bit to you. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ruthie. Pleasure. I'll see you in the basement of the Albert Hall. Oh, I do look forward yeah. to that. It's, so do I. It's a yearly treat. It is. <laughs> we'll be there. I'll see you then. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast with myself, Alice Arnold, and my mate, Ruthie Henschel. If you enjoyed it, then why not subscribe? Then you can listen to it every week and you can review it as well. Give it five stars. Go on, you know you want to. Okay.